0: Hi, this is Tom Compton. You're listening to WHTT Speaks Out. Each week, Chuck Carlson and members of We Hold These Truths look into events that are, for the most part, ignored or overlooked by the mainstream media. And we analyze these events. Ready, set, let the sparks fly. In today's podcast
1: for WHTT Speaks Out, we're going to venture out a little bit here and we're going to actually read a Part of a very interesting piece by a gentleman by the name of David Swanson. He's an American activist, blogger, author. He wrote a book entitled War is a Lie. And this piece, we're not going to read the whole thing. It's quite long, but it's ending one war, ending all wars. And so I'm going to have Leslie read some selected parts of it, and then we'll discuss it. And as an example, I want to read the response or part of the response from my senator here in arizona about the actions in he's a republican senator but he sounds like a president obama supporter actually Uh, he's bit into all this hook line and sinker so to speak leslie why don't you read the highlighted parts
2: from a certain angle it doesn't look like a happy day of peace The U.S. government is engaged in a major war in Afghanistan, dramatically escalated by the current U.S. president, who has been bizarrely given credit for ending it for so long now that a lot of people imagine it is ended. The same president goes through a list of men, women, and children on Tuesdays, picks which ones to have murdered, and has them murdered often with missiles shot out of unmanned drones, drones that circle people's villages endlessly threatening immediate annihilation, moment after moment for weeks on end, missiles that often miss their targets and often kill random people too close to their targets. The CIA with war powers, secret military operations in dozens of nations, Expansion of U.S. troop presence in Africa, Asia, and the Pacific. Some 90% of the world's nations with U.S. troops in them. Prisoners, force-fed in Guantanamo. Black sites. Iraq ruined without reparations. Libya thrown into anarchy without apology. Activists treated as enemies. Journalists treated as spies, whistleblowers locked up in cages, our constitutional rights treated as dispensable, the United Nations used, abused, and circumvented U.S. weapons provided to dictatorships and democracies around the globe. War is a dead idea, an idea whose time has gone. The abolition of war is an idea whose time has come, but the government isn't ready to announce that for us. That's why we need to celebrate this victory, and not just us at this festival. This was the people of Britain who moved their House of Commons to reject a Prime Minister's request for war, for the first time since the surrender to the French and Americans at Yorktown. This was government experts risking their careers and their freedom to say, quote, if President Obama's excuse for a war happened, he guessed it right because the evidence doesn't establish it, unquote. This was the majority of the U.S. public telling pollsters, yes, we care about suffering children. Send them food and medicine. Don't make it worse by sending in missiles, unquote. This was a victory, not of a moment, but of a decade of cultural enlightenment. When you've got the Pope and Rush Limbaugh on your side, you've built something very broad. The war addicts said Syria needed an intervention. We gave the war junkies an intervention instead. We pointed them toward the path of recovery and showed them a preview of what it will look like. Now, if you don't want to celebrate because there's too much work to do, because Syria is in greater danger without its weapons, look what happened to Iraq and Libya, and because the pressure for war is still on, I can respect that. I'll be with you starting tomorrow but it's hard to imagine we'll find the most effective strategy, much less motivate all the doom and gloomers to work their hardest, if we refuse to recognize when we've actually made progress, no matter how limited. But our government has peculiar views about different types of weapons that I don't claim to understand. Chemical weapons are good, apparently, when the U.S. uses them on Iraqis, or Iraq uses them on Iranians, or Israel uses them on Palestinians. But they're bad if Iraq uses them on Iraqis, or the Syrian government uses them on anyone, although they aren't so bad if it is Syrian rebels using them. In cases of bad chemical weapon use, missiles could fix the problem. But with missiles, you have to ask Congress. So instead, you can fix the problem of people getting killed with chemicals by making sure that more of them get killed with guns. With guns, for some reason, you don't have to ask Congress. Senators can even chat on TV about what they're doing covertly, and we're supposed to say, Oh, well, that's okay then, as long as it's covertly. Maybe the problem is that we just don't think guns are weapons of mass destruction. Guns must be weapons of minimal destruction, I guess. Guns only kill 30,000 people in the United States each year, ten times the number of people killed on September 11, 2001. Imagine the size of the war we'd have started if someone had killed 30,000 people with airplanes. Well, we have had to kill 10 million Iraqis instead of 1 million. But with guns, deaths are okay, and 60% of them don't really count because they're suicides. The best news is that we're beginning to feel uncomfortable. We're even feeling uncomfortable enough to doubt the tales we're told about justifications for wars. The fact is that were the White House telling the truth about the need for an attack on Syria, it would be a first in history. Every other case for war has always been dishonest. The United States sought out war with Mexico, not the reverse. There was never any evidence that Spain sank the main The Philippines didn't benefit from U.S. occupation. The Lusitania was known to be carrying troops and arms. The Gulf of Tonkin incident never happened. Iraq didn't take any babies out of incubators. The Taliban was willing to turn bin Laden over to be tried in a neutral court. Libya wasn't about to kill anyone in Benghazi, and so on. Even wars that people like to imagine as justified, such as World War II, were nonetheless packaged in lies. FDR's tales about the Greer and the Kearney and supposed secret Nazi maps and plans were a step on the steady trajectory from Woodrow Wilson to Carl Rove. Former CIA case officer Bob Bear said, quote, if you want a serious interrogation, you send a prisoner to Jordan. If you want them to be tortured, you send them to Syria. If you want someone to disappear, never to see them again, you send them to Egypt, Unquote. Anti-war sentiment, at least in some key parts of the world, is at a high point now relative to other moments in recent decades. We need to direct that sentiment into a movement for abolition. Resisting each new war is not enough. We must be for peace, and by peace we must mean, first and foremost, the elimination of the institution of war. We're all fond of saying that peace is more than just the absence of war. True enough. And freedom is more than just the absence of chains. But first, you had to abolish slavery. Then new possibilities opened up. So today, I'm not going to say, quote, no justice, no peace, unquote. Today, I say, quote, with no peace, there is no justice, unquote. Stop the wars. End the slaughter. Dismantle the weapons. Abolish the military. Build a sustainable, peaceful, prosperous world. Make this point in time a turning point. Thank you for being there. Happy International Day of Peace. All
1: right, thank you. Now I'd like to read part of this response to my inquiry urging my senators and representatives to vote no on any actions against Syria. And this is from Republican Jeff Flake, who I would call the loyal opposition. And he says, quote, As you may know, on August 20th, President Obama announced that the use of chemical weapons in the Syrian civil war would constitute crossing a red line that could trigger a U.S. response. On June 13th, 2013, the White House confirmed that the Assad regime had used chemical weapons against the rebels multiple times in the previous year. On August 21st, 2013, another chemical attack by Assad regime killed well over 1,000 people, including approximately 400 children. In an unprecedented response, President Obama announced that he would seek congressional authorization to launch limited and narrow military strikes against the regime in an effort to deter it from using chemical weapons again and to degrade its capability to do so. After hearing testimony from Secretary of State John Kerry, Secretary of Defense Chuck Hagel and the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Martin Dempsey, the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, upon which I sit, voted on September 4, 2013 to authorize the President's resolution by a vote of 10 to 7. I voted in favor of this authorization. I remain skeptical of the Obama administration's handling of the crisis in Syria over the past two years, and I am sympathetic to concerns regarding the United States' involvement in yet another conflict. However, regardless of the circumstances that led to this point, I believe that as a commander in chief of the United States, the president has the authority to respond militarily. Voting to deny the president the authorization he sought but did not need would have far-reaching and damaging effects on our national security interests. When the President of the United States draws a red line, there must be no doubt amongst adversaries or allies that there will be consequences for crossing it. So a couple of comments here. First of all, they put all the credence to what President Obama told us about these, these chemical attacks, We know that earlier attacks, there were actually Syrian troops of the Syrian army that were killed, and uh, there's no definitive evidence that the Assad regime did this attack on August 21st. So basically, he accepted what was told to him, lock, stock, and barrel, by the establishment, if you will, and then he denies his own responsibility and ignorance of our constitution. Article 1, Section 8, specifically delegates the war-making powers to the Congress. And so he's not even aware of this, or he's bit into the lie. And so here we've got a loyal member of the opposition. You really can't tell the Democrats and the Republicans in a lot of cases, although there has been quite a bit of opposition in the Congress, more so than in the Senate, to any actions. Would anyone like to add some further comments about this letter and the article by David Swanson?
3: Hey, Tom, this is is Craig. Uh, It just goes back to Socialist Party D or Socialist Party R. It doesn't make any difference. And you look at who the funding is, it's Wall Street behind both parties. I don't see a third party to get the uh, effective because you're going against the controlled media, and if controlled media controls the way people think across this country, and that's—I uh, I, I don't see any way out. If anybody else has any ideas, let me know. <laughs> I, I think you're right, <clears throat> but we
1: can say that this this has sort of ignited some of the opposition. You know, before there really wasn't hadn't been much opposition to these actions. So
3: now we're seeing it, Chuck. Well, yeah, I want to comment on uh, Mr. Swanson, David Swanson's very long and thorough article with a lot of excellent historical comments about past wars and so on. It's, it shows that he's a very thoughtful guy and he's really thinking about this. And I think I agree that we sh- we, we need to stop and pat ourselves on the back a little bit and, and, and make a small celebration. Uh, it wasn't very long ago we wrote our own article in which we talked about living with losing. And in it we said uh, we've been fighting wars all this time and there's not one sign that we're winning anything. So, yeah, I think it is really good when something good happens to recognize progress. Uh, On the other hand, what is going to happen, as as we've written ourselves, uh, war is a matter of not just public policy, it's not just a matter of the policy that hides the activities of our leadership from us, but it's also an economic event that they count on. I think that they're going to keep on, they're going to think of other ways to try to generate wars they are not true getting their face slapped over Syria is, uh, is not going to prevent them from, from trying to pull it off again. And what they've done in the past, as uh, David Swanson pointed out, is they changed tactics. Uh, we went from the Cold War, where we spent all the money that we could think of arming, and then finally to the war against Islam, which is now going on. And uh, that's not over because they haven't destroyed all the Middle Eastern countries that they want to destroy Syria is one of them. Iran is, of course, the kingpin. That's the, the ultimate target in the Middle East. So there's going to be more. We've got to think about what the next tactic is. And in all deference and respect, to, to uh, I, I'd like to join uh, Mr. Swanson for lunch, and I think that would be nice to celebrate. We can count on another effort very soon, and one thing that makes me ill to think about is what's happening in Egypt. And it shows that the U.S. is still carrying on what we call the war on Islam. And, they've, and it's now being directed at an organization called the Muslim Brotherhood in Egypt who are being mass arrested and they're just disappearing. We, we may never hear any more about these thousands of men who are just disappearing. They're just being arrested. And in Egypt... The military dictatorship that took over is now confiscating the assets of uh, the Muslim Brotherhood, and among those assets are eight hospitals in the metropolitan Cairo area. turns out that they run eight hospitals, which are available to people and which are dependent on. They also, uh, there's also 56 schools run by the Muslim Brotherhood that are now being taken over and they're being stripped and looted and shut down uh, as as considered assets of the enemy. And all of this is completely ignored by our administration. We're not hearing one word about it. The international press gives us what information we get about it, but we're hearing nothing from our own leadership. So I believe this points to the necessity of continuing what we've started, uh, which is an effort to expose the war on Islam. The fact that uh, that Islam is the target. Muslims are basically the target. And Americans are ignoring this whole Egyptian thing in mass. I read a lot of comments to some of these articles that are being written, and the, and the standard one is good. They're getting the Muslim Brotherhood. They ought to get uh, Hamas, too. And maybe they'll get Hezbollah. And uh, they all need to be wiped out. So this is the American attitude that's been promulgated by the Christian right movement against Islam. And so, in all deference to David uh, Swanson, he didn't mention this. He didn't talk about the war in Islam. He didn't talk about what's being done generally
2: to Muslims in the name of Christianity.
1: Yes. Leslie, you had a comment?
2: I'd like, as as a Christian, to speak a little bit on, on behalf of peace From a book that I read, it was, uh, to paraphrase uh, an anecdote, there was a Russian writer whose kids were playing games, and he asked them what they were playing, and they were playing war. And he said, didn't you know that uh, war is really bad for you? Uh, Why don't you play uh, peace? And the kids said, okay, sure. And then a few minutes later, there's silence. And they said, Dad, how do you play peace? (laughs) And the the book was pointing out we need to to look at the world through peace eyes, not war eyes. And uh, we just don't have enough of that viewpoint of love thy neighbor as thyself.
1: Well, it just reinforces the notion or the idea that the fallen nature of man, we are sinful. So we tend to do sinful things, and some do it on very big scales. And one thing that Chuck forgot to mention, uh, what's happening with the... Egyptian military. They're also getting very aggressive towards the the Gazans. They're closing tunnels, limiting the uh, access uh, through the Rafah gate, and so all being ignored by the United States. But Israel firsters are seeing this as big advantages. Like you said, yeah, oh, they're getting rid of the Muslim Brotherhood, and and there's no logic to what they say. What about you know, love your neighbor? And you're right. It is from the Christian right. I was talking to a lady today, and she's got sort of got that same idea. Oh, yeah, we've got to get rid of the Muslim Brotherhood. You know, they're, they're our enemies.
3: However, Mr. Swanson is a great ally, and he's out there working. And we need to send him our DVD on Christian Zionism, and it might help him too. Yes, well, he's in an organization
1: that is an activist-type group trying to bring different groups together in these kinds of actions because, as we've described before, we are a lot of small groups kind of having a common goal uh, in these wars, but we look at, from all different aspects, we, of course, look at the Christian side and what should be the Christian response. Some are basically secular, just peace movements and so forth. Uh, and
3: um, so you quoted Jeff Flake, and if I'm not mistaken, Mr. Flake is a very devout a Mormon, and yeah. Mormonism is a Christian Zionist religion. So what he talked about came from his, probably from his Mormon point of view, when he uh, talked about the mistrust for Syria and uh, his determination to bomb Syria, and his willingness to accept what are not not facts at all, not even close to being facts about the details of who who is using chemical weapons in Syria.
1: But on the other hand, we know a number of Mormons that are not Christian Zionists that see this. So you know, it's this is a problem uh, in evangelical churches. You know, there are the extremes, and depends you know where your church or who the local leaders are that in people dramatically i think uh, the local congregations are influenced by people leslie
2: i just want to say happy international day of peace
1: <laughs> yes. something to celebrate about yep. okay well we hope that got you thinking a little bit and uh, we need to continue to press on for ending wars thanks for listening